0: Welcome to another edition of the 801 Podcast, where we give you a daily dose of local, national, and world news. I'm Kent Garrett, and I'm in the upstate New York town of Roxbury. It is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. Janelle Stecklin reports in the Daily Star that across the country, hundreds of thousands of classroom teachers are dropping out of school. The U.S. Government Accountability Office analysis reported 233,000 fewer public school teachers in 2021 compared with 2019. And it noted that teacher shortages are most acute in Western states rural and urban areas, and high poverty communities, and in subject areas like foreign language, science, and special education. The Institute of Education Sciences, a research arm of the U.S. Department of Education, estimates that at least half of all public schools had three teacher vacancies on average because of factors like few candidates, a lack of qualified candidates, or salary and benefit concerns. The Daily Freeman reports that a Saugertie State Senator and three others have written to the Senate Majority Leader requesting that all counties outside of New York City should be exempt from a proposed increase in the MTA payroll tax Senator Michelle Hinchy, a Democrat from Sargates, said the payroll tax is already unfair to Dutchess County businesses. She said, quote, it is not up to the Hudson Valley to help solve the MTA's budget crisis. And yet before us is a plan that would place more of the onus on our smaller non-commuter towns and villages like those in Dutchess County. In national news, the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave Fox News host Tucker Carlson access to 41,000 hours of surveillance footage taken in the U.S. Capitol during the January 6, 2021 riot. Excerpts will air on Fox News in the coming weeks. Representative Jamie Raskin called McCarthy's release of the footage to Carlson, quote, an astounding ethical collapse. And the Biden administration is forging ahead with what it hopes will spur a significant shift in the way the government approaches managing public lands. The administration is inviting tribes to be co-stewards of the land their ancestors were forcibly or illegally removed from by the government. At least 6,000 Ukrainian children have been taken to camps and other facilities in Russia and Russia-occupied territory. They've been prevented from communicating with their families and subjected to pro-Russian re-education. And this is according to a report from the Conflict Observatory, which is a research group that monitors alleged Russian war crimes in Ukraine. The observatory is independent, but as part of the Yale School of Public Health, uh, received support from the U.S. State Department. And Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is preoccupied with America's economic divides, and his new book about his recent campaigns and legislation is titled, It's Okay to be Angry About Capitalism. He writes that, quote, They say the older you get, the more conservative you become. That's not me. The older I get, the angrier I become about the uber-capitalist system. In his new book, Sanders writes about the problems of corporate media. David Dowell from the Rational National News Channel has the story.
1: You're very harsh on, on the media, as we talked about, including... You mentioned this network. You mentioned the Washington I? Post. You Are- do.
2: So over the weekend, Bernie Sanders was on CBS News for a wide-ranging interview on a number of topics. This interview was about 30 minutes long with the uh, host Margaret Brennan. And the topic of the media came up. Now, this is one that Bernie sometimes mentions offhand, but rarely ever goes too in-depth with, and especially rarely ever offers an actual solution to the problem... Here, he offers a real solution. So I have a couple of clips in this video. The second clip gets to uh, the potential solution, or at least his the way he wants to see this addressed. But the first one here, I find kind of amusing, because uh, Margaret Brennan clearly is a little offended by Bernie's talk, his criticisms of the corporate media, because Brennan, of course, is a part of the corporate media. But here is uh, Bernie addressing that criticism.
3: We have a political system which is increasingly corrupt, because as a result of Citizens United, billionaires can put enormous amounts of money into it yeah. to elect their candidates. And we have, you know, eight major media conglomerates, corporate media conglomerates that control about, uh, about what 90 percent of the American people see, hear and read. Those are really issues that we need to discuss. That's what the book does.
1: Do you worry when you talk about the corporate media that you are targeting journalists when no. you say that?
3: No. Donald Trump talks about fake news, and that's simply to deflect attention from the fact that he's a pathological liar. My experience, one-on-one with media, they work hard. They very rarely am I misquoted. But what I am talking about, Margaret, is that corporate media limits the kind of debate that we have in this country. Mm -hmm. You tell me, you know more about it than I do. How often do we talk about income and wealth inequality? We're
1: talking about right now, Senator.
3: Yeah, but how often? Not everybody is Bernie Sanders on your show. How often do you talk about concentration of ownership? How often do you talk about the fact that we are the only major country on earth, not to guarantee health care at all? Mm -hmm. And yet we spend twice as much money. How often do you talk about that if somebody has a baby in Finland, they're getting nine months off or 10 months off paid family leave?
1: I will talk to you about paid leave for families uh, any day of the week. They also have like a 56 percent tax rate in Finland, though. It's a very different system. But But let's talk about it. What do they get for
3: that? They get free health care, right? Free higher education. That's the kind. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the debate I want. And that's the debate we really don't have on the corporate media.
2: All right. So I'm going to get to the second clip where Bernie discusses his potential solution, or at least a way to address this problem with uh, corporate media and the concentration of these discussions within a handful of massive companies. But first, quickly here. uh, Yes, this is about Bernie's new book. So (laughs) we're discussing his book there. I forgot to mention it. It's called It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. Sounds interesting. But on his point, so... It's not, it's not just about the kinds of discussions taking place. It is about the framing of the discussions. So a great example I saw over the weekend, this is actually a story from a couple of years ago, but it's it highlights the problem here. So this is the uh, initial New York Times, this is from uh, about two years ago. New York Times headline was strike at largest U.S. wholesale produce market threatens supply chain. So the headline is telling you here, who is the victim? The victim here isn't the workers. The victim is the supply chain, which ultimately impacts those at the top of the company or impacts uh, consumers. And where's the blame going? The blame is going on striking workers as opposed to the people running the companies that are not giving these people what they deserve. So to show you what I mean here, and just to be clear, they initially or they eventually changed the headline once the strike ended. So that's why I can't show you the actual New York Times headline here. But this is the the first headline. Somebody went in and made a little edit with uh, the, the word that are crossed out here is what the headline should be. So look at, at the red words here. Why market workers are on strike. They want $1 an hour raise. That's what the headline could have been that, hey, these workers are on strike, they're asking for a dollar raise, as opposed to strike at largest wholesale produce market threatens the supply chain. Just based on framing here, it completely changes the discussion. It now puts the onus, this new headline, puts the onus on those actually running the company who are too greedy to give their workers an hour, uh, $1 raise, even though their workers are the ones that are producing their profit for them. This is an ongoing problem. This is one example. But when you read headlines, when you hear stories, whether it's on TV or, or papers or wherever, just take a second to think about how they are framing the discussion. Because that alone often gives away where the actual bias is. Because these places pretend to be unbiased. They have no bias. They all have a bias. I have a bias. My bias is, is different than, than their bias, but we all have biases. So it's about understanding where, those, where that bias is and being able to take in the information, understanding that there is a built-in bias with it. In the case of a place like New York Times or CBS, when they are discussing issues around workers and, and capitalism and corporations, their bias is always towards corporations because they themselves are massive corporations. Now, let me get to Bernie's uh, idea here. So it's touched on in this Common Dreams piece, Sanders proposes New Deal for journalism to ensure media serves public interest. Here is that part of the discussion in the uh, CBS interview.
1: You also talk about a new deal for journalism and rethinking of the role of public and community media in the United States. You're very harsh on on the media, as we talked about, including, you mentioned this network, you mentioned do the Washington I? Post, you I, do. Didn't um, I say
3: all kinds of nice things about you?
1: Uh, no, some other journalists here. You did give a <laughs> shout out to Kara Corte and some other um, right. reporters. But, but you say, you take direct aim at, at the media for not I, asking the questions that you think need look, to be asked. How do you, on this New Deal idea, how can you have the U.S. government in any way involved with the media and direct funding when trust in the government is so low in this country okay. and trust in media is low?
3: Okay, two issues, two separate issues. Number one. What I say in the book is that, look, I have done 1,000 interviews like I'm doing with you right now, and nobody has ever come up to me, not one reporter, not you, not anybody else, has said, Bernie, mm-hmm. why are we spending twice as much on health care as any other country, and yet we have 85 million uninsured or uninsured? How many programs have CBS, NBC, ABC had on why we have a dysfunctional health care system? Does that have anything to do with who owns the major networks? Bernie, what are you going to do about income and wealth inequality? Do you demand? Why are billionaires paying an effective tax rate lower mm-hmm. than working class people? No one asks me those questions. Okay. No so one that's, tells
1: us the questions to ask. Him. I understand
3: that. But there's a culture in the media. No one tells people who work for me not to vote for Donald Trump. Surely, I will guarantee you they don't. I never tell them to do it. But then there's another issue. And that is we, a totally different issue. We are seeing media deserts in this country. Mm-hmm. Local newspapers are going out of business So people get no news from their city council, their school board. How do you deal with that? And the reason they're going out of business is private sector companies can't make money anymore Mm -hmm. because of the radical transformation of of media. What happens? People not know what's going on in their city. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Well, in European countries, what they do is they do it through a nonpartisan public funding of media. Mm -hmm. I think that's an idea that we should explore.
2: Really good to see Bernie Sanders taking this issue on I'm going to get to some data here in a second on how Europeans feel about their public news organizations. But to have Bernie finally have a, a uh, attempt at a solution here, or at least a way to address the problem when it comes to his criticisms around corporate media is really good to see. So I hope he continues uh, pushing this and making it potentially another pillar of uh, what he stands for on a, on a regular basis. But a couple things here. So Bernie mentions, you know, the two major issues, media culture and lack of local news or lack of investment into public uh, news organizations. On the media culture, just briefly here, this is, again, goes to the issue around framing. But often, the way to understand it is, yes, there is a corporate bias, of course, because they're massive corporations. There is a culture. It's about the hiring process as well. They're not going to hire somebody who's going to be asking too many questions around capitalism. That is clear from who you see hosting these shows (laughs) because those discussions are not brought up. But it's also just how they view issues generally, and that is from the lens of D.C., Washington, D.C., as opposed to the lens of how does this impact the average person out in the real world in terms of policy? What policy is going to impact the average person? That isn't what they tend to focus on. The focus is always uh, discussing uh, discussing these, these issues around the framing of the GOP versus the Democratic Party. What is the leadership saying in both of these parties? And that is often what dictates the entire discussion around policy, as opposed to discussing, hey, what should they be discussing? What policies are maybe some other candidates, or not candidates, other uh, politicians like a Bernie Sanders, what are they trying to propose that isn't being discussed? And maybe we should see if that makes a little more sense in terms of how that would impact the average person. And let's not just limit our discussion to what leadership is saying in both parties. Because again, leadership in both parties, much like corporate media, is run by massive corporations. The amount of money, the amount of lobbyists in Washington DC, that is what dictates all of this discussion. So it is on the media's job to analyze that, to be critical of that and think outside the box and look at other solutions, again, through the framing of the average person, as opposed to the framing of what is happening in Washington DC. Now let's get to some data here I found from a Pew Research. This is trust in public news media, higher than trust in private media, in eight Western European countries. So this goes to Bernie's point about how there should be more investment into uh, public news media. So whether it's, you know, Sweden, UK, Germany, Denmark, Netherlands, France, Italy, Spain, all of them have more trust in public news media than private news media. And that isn't to say they're perfect. You know, in Canada, we have the CBC. I, In fact, in a second here, I'll get to discussing... Uh, Paris Marx, who was on my show a couple of years ago discussing how the CBC fails us there there are issues with our public broadcaster and with with public broadcasters in in other countries, but they're not addressed by making them more corporatized in fact the the issue is the opposite. like <laughs> when it comes to CBC, the issue is the fact that there are advertisements that there isn't enough of an investment into CBC for uh, real um, uh, unpartisan Coverage as it applies to the working class and not as it applies to, you know, business leaders, which is always <laughs> the framing is around any economic issue. It's around the business leaders, it's about the job creators, as opposed to the vast majority of people being the workers. Now, also another poll here uh, majorities in Western European, more sorry, in Western Europe, more likely to trust public news organizations than distrust them. So when it comes to trust as well, I mean, look at Sweden, 90% more likely to trust their uh, public news organization than the private. But down the list, same thing, all across the board, they are more likely to trust the public, again, because of, uh, you know, I, I assume there's more of an investment, of course, into public news there. So there is a, uh, a, a better functioning system. But You have to imagine people understand, you know, that there are serious issues when it comes to private massive companies owning what is the discussions going on in in politics. Like when you have that clear and obvious bias of a massive corporation dictating what you should be thinking about in terms of the framing around stories, that should bring up red flags immediately regardless of whatever issue it is.
0: That was a piece from the Rational National News Channel. And that's it for this edition of The 801. I'm Kent Garrett. Thanks for joining us.